solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, your daily Texans talk and news show officially a show now that you can view us on YouTube at Locked On Texans. Week one is finally wrapped in the books, and man, did we have some crazy games. How about that Cleveland and Kansas City game? That was a crazy game. Joe Burrow returned back to the NFL after missing time with his torn ACL, took that team to overtime, beat the Minnesota Vikings, and Jamar Chase, who everybody thought couldn't catch a ball, well, he was able to catch him on Sunday. And, of course, the Houston Texans will be the worst team in the league. They will lose every game. Got a dub on Monday – on Sunday, rather. So I'm super excited about today's episode. We have a couple of things that we need to discuss. But as always, I am your sports guy, Hickman, joined by Cody Davis. For a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in in-depth, Check out the Locked On NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football every Sunday morning with hosts Cody Roy and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to Locked On NFL on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning, again at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Cody Davis. What we got on the rundown. Yes, sir. And on this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to continue our conversation on yesterday about the great game that Tim Kelly called during the Texans season opener victory against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then we're going to close out this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, just giving you guys some quick news and notes, basically injury news regarding the Houston Texans. But, John, listeners, as always, like we do here, what, once every two weeks, it is time for us to discuss everybody's favorite topic, not just in Houston, not just in the NFL, but in sports. In sports in general. Watson. As we all know, Deshaun Watson, unless something happens, Deshaun Watson will continue to remain on the Texans roster for this entire 2021 season. And we all know he's basically going to be making $10.5 million to do absolutely nothing. But on can yesterday, I, can, I, can we apply somewhere to like I, I would I would not want to do to get $10.5 million and I don't got to do nothing for an entire August, September, October, November, December, January, seven months, eight months considering the offseason, $10.5 million? I understand it. I get it. I know a lot of people like you and I, some of the listeners, man, I wish I could do nothing and make $10.5 million, but I'm pretty sure Deshaun Watson is not happy about knowing that he's got to make his money like this because – at the end of the day, he's still a competitor. You're looking at a guy who has played his entire life. His entire life he has played football. I know week one of the regular season, especially, look, 
I'm pretty sure he wanted the Texans to get their behind whooped by the Jacksonville Jaguars to open up the season, and they did the complete opposite. I know right now Deshaun Watson is not the happiest camper, so I, I don't want to say, you know, you know, I can't. I wish I could do nothing for two for ten point five million. I'm pretty sure Watson is not thinking like that. You but, can't say he may. Not, I'm saying that if I could do nothing could for ten point five million dollars, <laughs> I, I, I could be insert wrong, all but, about the Benjamins. You ain't lying about that. But prior to yesterday's season opener, Adam Scheffner of ESPN reported that the Houston Texans are still hell-bent on getting as much assets as possible in exchange for a deal to send off Deshaun Watson. On yesterday, Adam Scheffner reported that the Texans are looking for six draft picks and or six players with, with a combination of a lot of things. It could go like five players and one draft pick, two draft picks and four players, four picks and two players. At the end of the day, Nick Casario is asking for a big haul in exchange for Deshaun Watson. Now, John and listeners, and John, of course, I'm going to let you give your take on this. We all understand that Deshaun Watson trade value has taken a significant hit given what is going on off the field with him and these 22 lawsuits that he has. But if I'm Nick Casario, I am going to continue to be hell-bent on saying I am not departing from Deshaun Watson unless I get what I want. Because, John, listeners, to refresh your memory, prior to these allegations coming out, we was all sitting back saying to ourselves, we might see one of, if not, the biggest trade package when the Houston Texans depart for Deshaun Watson. Some people were saying this potential trade package might have been bigger than what the Dallas Cowboys did, I believe, back in the 1988-89 season. And still to the day, this is still the biggest trade package when they had shipped off, I believe his name was Hershey. Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. Hershey Walker. Hershey Walker to the, hey, to the you Minnesota know, Vikings. I was about to bring that up. You're right. And and the Dallas Cowboys got back. I think it was like four players and four draft picks. And one of those draft picks that they got back ended up being Emmitt Smith. And every single one of those assets that they got back in that trade for Minnesota helped them out to become the dominant team that they were in the 1990s. Once again, I understand what Deshaun Watson has going on off the field. And yes, that has hindered his trade value. But at the end of the day, John, how often does a 25-year-old quarterback, wait, as a matter of fact, today is birthday. Happy birthday, Deshaun Watson, a 26-year-old quarterback. Let's get a gift card to lefties. Prom. Yeah, 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 we need to. But how often are we going to see a quarterback of Deshaun Watson caliber in his prom at 26 years old on the market available for a trade? Nick Asirio deserves every right to make sure he gets back everything he wants and more in exchange for Deshaun Watson. I don't blame him or the Houston Texans. Absolutely, and here's why. Some people may look at the situation and say, how could you pass, what was it, uh, that they turned, a report came and they turned down three players, right? Uh, mm -hmm. A three, uh, trade for uh, pick three picks, whatever the case is. And some people may say, how could you turn that down considering – a, B, C, D, his legal situation, where your team is now, the fact that you you may be seriously looking to rebuild and moving on from Deshaun Watson in totality. How could you trade that? I'm going to tell you guys why. Because right now, we're living in the now. Nick Serio, 
who's been in the league with the New England Patriots for 20 years. He's living in the future. And the future is by the time this season ends and he looks around, guess who's going to need quarterbacks? Certain teams. Hmm. Now, Jalen Hurts looked good on Sunday. So, you know, the talk of Deshaun to Philly, I'm still sure Philly would take Deshaun over, over Hurts. No, and Houston definitely. made – yeah, of course. And Houston may say, well, we need picks and players back, and in that player package, we need Hurts. But as of right now, this is only after week one. That's why I brought up we had a great week one. After week one, do you know who's the number one team in the league that needs a quarterback? The team who has one of the youngest and best defenses in the league in Washington. The football mm-hmm. team or the commanders or the, whatever they're going to call themselves, they're going to they need a quarterback. When you look around the league, teams are going to need a quarterback. And at the end of the year, when teams get to start evaluating their roster, looking at who should stay and who shouldn't stay and what needs to be upgraded, quarterback is always going to be 1-1-A to your head coach. And honestly, in the league that we're in, we're seeing what these quarterbacks are getting money-wise. We just saw what Patrick Mahomes got. Deshaun Watson also had a fat deal. Russell Wilson had a great deal. Like, the quarterback is number one. And with him being number one, they're going to say, well, how much can we take on right now as a franchise if we really make the trade from them? In the standpoint of media, how much media backlash can we accept? Where is his legal situation? How is that going right now? And will be will we be able to give up enough, get him back in return, and still be able to compete for that immediate year? Because Deshaun Watson is not a quarterback that you trade for for that next year. Hmm. Deshaun Watson is a quarterback that you trade for immediate success and three picks compared to what teams will possibly give up. Yeah, I'm waiting. You're right, man. It ain't no rush. And the thing about it is it's a two edged sword. If if it blows up in your face, you got to live with it. But if it doesn't blow up in your face, then you're good. You get back everything that you deserve for a player of his caliber, despite what you may feel about him off the field and your personal uh, your personal thoughts about him on the field, which is the only thing that matters in the NFL, the boy can play. John Watson is 100% correct. Wait, sit it out. I mean, you trade him. What's what, like, what's what, what matters most? You trade him now and you don't get the overhaul back that you want from for him. And you may get a couple of picks and a player back that could do something for, the immediate now, like this season, but will that really change the trajectory of what you think the success of this season will be? Or do you just wait it out, trade them in the off season and then get back everything, move forward, start, start the draft. So I'm fine with it, man. I, I totally Cody for me. I'm fine with it. And I think people need to be as well. Hmm. And I 100% agree with you, John. And I do want to say this before moving on. I understand that Deshaun Watson is dying to get back out there on the field. I actually had a source who told me that, but what I will say to that is Deshaun Watson, he's the one with the no trade clause. Plus it's also his off field transgressions that got the Texans and himself in a situation where after week one of the regular season, there's no stats for Deshaun Watson because the man did not play. If I'm Nick Casario, I don't care if it takes tomorrow. I don't care if it takes a month. I don't care if it takes next the, the, the 2022 NFL draft. I don't care if it takes an additional year. I am holding on to Deshaun Watson until I get what I want. Or, Deshaun, if you want to play so bad, 
come back come and on play hey organization again and 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 now and i'll say this cody my theory is it's gonna settle houston gonna have some draft capital for next year they're gonna look around hey man come on back and we may possibly see the return of deshaun watson after uh this year we're back and better than ever and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the start of the field back on the field to start another another football season excuse me as always bet online is your number one spot for all of pro and college football action this season with a new updated site oh i love the new site guys and the interface is a whole lot better even more odds even more props even more contests BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. You ain't going to beat that. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Guys, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. I think it's just getting more comfortable. Last year was my first year on the team, and then with everything with COVID, we didn't get a chance to actually do a lot preparing for the season. Um, and then this year, you know, we, I think we're getting just more familiar with each other. And uh, he can, you know, figure out ways to utilize me and utilize all the running backs and come up with uh, creative plays or, you know, just plays to get me out in space. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans. And as you guys heard, that was running back David Johnson. Um, yesterday I had an opportunity to ask him, you know, how – good how great has it been to have tim kelly to step up and utilize his ability as a pass catcher more so in his second year and i understand that it's been one game but the play calling that tim kelly did on yesterday john and listeners i loved it and it's part of the reason why the texans put 37 points on the jacksonville jaguars once again i get it understanding you're talking about jacksonville one of if not the worst team in the league especially as we sit here sit here on september 14 2021 but at the end of the day you cannot deny what tim kelly did in that first game when he was by far the undeniable play caller and i'm saying that and i'm saying that because when bill ob was here it was always that is bill ob the play caller or is tim kelly the play caller now we are starting to see you remove john as you like to say that entity out of the equation and you replace it with tim kelly a guy who has always been an offensive-minded coach we are starting to see a difference and i love it yeah, let me say this. The difference started the moment the entity was removed. Plain and simple. The, the, the difference started to expand and grow the moment a, a, a head coach who I'd say is a he's a waterer. You know, he's going to water his plants. He's going to let them grow. He's going to let them flourish, right? That's what makes David Cully totally different from Bill O'Brien. It isn't, as you put it on yesterday's show, My Way or the Highway. It's an hour way, you know, an hour way, just like a car. We can't drop a car without the wheels, without the, without the steering wheel, without the tires, without the engine, without the, you know, the, the 
you got you need gas. And let me say something about Tim Kelly. Cody, in our pregame, our pre-show discussion, we were going back and forth on whether or not we're going to talk about how important it was for David Kelly to get his first win or give Tim Kelly his uh, Tim Kelly, I'm sorry, his just due. And I was like, let's talk about the win. But then I text you back and I say, you know what? No, this man, my exact words was, was this dude needs his just do. I'm going to tell you why. I saw formations that help Houston score. 12 minutes and three, three seconds left in the first quarter. Two tight ends set, pass to uh, Farrell Brown on third down and first. Got the first. Third, it was on third down and got it for the first. On with four minutes and 39 seconds left, Bunch set, Cooks ran a reverse on that play. Brown pull block, was a pull block on that play, taking Jenkins, who was coming off of the block, the Jaguars DB. He was coming off a of blitz, rather. Uh, the It was a play-action pass with a big reception to, to Conley, able to move the change, chains. So in that play alone, you had a lot of movement. You had Brandon Cooks on a fake reverse, throwing off the defense, and then you pulled your tight end. Able to bring an extra blocker. Those are the things that really count. I said it yesterday. It was an all-hands-on-deck type of offense. I can continue. With four minutes left, it was a two-back set. Got Farrell Brown involved, resulted in a big game. With two minutes left and 30 seconds in that first quarter, trips right. This was in the goal line situation. Trips right. Flair, David Johnson out and basically walked in for the touchdown because Aiken's route kind of knocked Miles Jack off his position, who was in man coverage. A lot of motion, a lot of moving. Let's get guys in situations, which is what I've been saying this entire offense. I mean, uh, offseason. Let's get guys in situations where we know that if push comes to shove, they're going to win in one-on-one matchups. And allowing Aikens to be kind of that run a pick route a little bit in that man coverage, that close in the red zone, that helped David Johnson basically walk into the end zone. In the second quarter, Cody, uh, with 11 minutes and 38 seconds left, bunch right, three tight end set, play action. Taylor hit Cook on a big game for about a gain of 30 yards. Uh, here's one that I really love. When Brandon Cooks lined up in the backfield, and I want you guys to go back and watch this play. This was about 10 minutes and 30 seconds left in the second quarter. They had Cooks in that backfield, ran a shoot route out of the backfield, and won a man-on-man, one-on-one coverage. You see, these are the things that matters the most. It's not about you don't have Hopkins no more. You don't have that burnout speed by Will Fuller where you can just say, hey, man, go run around. Go catch it. Go, just go. You still got that speed with the Cooks, but you don't have the combination of Hopkins and Fuller anymore. You don't have Deshaun Watson out there can make a lot out of nothing. You have to be very strategic about how you go about game planning some of these games. And Jacksonville was caught lacking the man coverage a lot in that game. And it seemed like every time they was caught man coverage, Tim Kelly and his play caller and the players out on the field were able to execute and win in one-on-one matchups. You guys really need to go see that play. 10 minutes and 31 seconds left in that second quarter. During the two-minute drill, the offense worked against the defense that was the I'm sorry, the offense worked against the defense and they were very fluid and found open areas on the field. With 10 seconds left, Danny Amendola found space on a shallow, shallow drag, shallow drag route. And the MVP on that was, again, Jordan Akins. The route he ran picked his guy off and allowed uh, Amendola to come way from the left side of the field on that shallow route right in that middle. Tyrod Taylor was able to hit him 
in, in, in stride, walked right into the end zone. And and remember, that boy just got off the couch. Danny Amendola was outside eating a bag of Lay's, and he just got off the couch. Playing and also golf. in the third quarter, uh, I'm sorry, though the three tight end set looks like a very heavy on the run type of play. It was third and one. I think it may have been third and short. With three tight ends out on that field, what are we normally used to seeing from Houston? A gap run. A gap run. That's what we normally used to seeing. Or, or a zone to the A or B gap, right? It was a play action pass to uh, Farrell Brown. You guys don't remember that was that one hand catch he was able to reel in. That is what I saw from uh, Sunday's game. The creative, excuse me, the creativeness from Tim Kelly and everybody understanding their job and working together as a unity to execute the plays. Man, I really suggest you guys go watch at the 10 minute and 31 seconds mark in the second quarter the play that Brandon Cooks ran out that backfield. It was a work of beauty. And I'm glad that we're giving Tim Kelly his just due because you and I got caught up in it. He was only brought back because of Deshaun. Mm-hmm. He was only brought back because of his relationships. And mm-hmm. that's fine. That's a fair assessment because we got a lot of players that were brought in due to their relationship with some of the coaches on the coaching staff. But there is no Deshaun. There is no Will Fuller. You only had uh, one year with Brandon Cooks, but there isn't a Kiki QT. There, there's a lot of new guys on the offense. You just got Danny Amendola several days ago, and he scored a touchdown. He was very fluid for this offense. Give that man his just due. I know they played the Jags. I know this was the worst defense in the league, well, worst team in the league last year. But it's the small things that really matter for a team that's heading in the direction Houston is. Hmm. And, John, to your point, talking about Tim Kelly, I want to bring these numbers up really quick just so the listeners can get a sense of the Tim Kelly effect. I think we should start calling this the Tim Kelly effect. Um, Prior to Sunday's game, In the six games that the Texans played against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and four out of those six games were coached by Bill O'Brien, the Houston Texans averaged a combined 23 points per game. Just 23. Five of those wins, of course, came because, look, let's be real, Deshaun Watson was the more superior quarterback on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage. And one of those wins actually ended up being lucky. Uh, I believe it was Justin Reed that stopped Leonard Fournette at the time on a two-yard line. If I'm not mistaken, that was during the 2019 season. But I wanted to bring it up because when you take a look at those past games with the Jacksonville Jaguars, especially those first four, when you had Will Fuller, when you had um, Deshaun Watson, when you had D-Hop, there is no way in hell a, a trio of those guys could end a game averaging only 23 points per game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Once again, I I do want to mention this. Two of those games did come towards the tail end of that Saxonville era, which was, by the way, a really good defense, but there was not the 85 Bears. But but there was not the 85 Bears. There was not the Legion of Boom. There was not the 2000 Ravens. I don't care. If, If it's not one of those three teams, the Texans should have averaged more points against the Jacksonville Jaguars when you had those three three players, John, that you just finished talking about. The one and game. listen, it, it was more than those three players, right? You had Carlos Hyde who had a thousand here. You had Duke Johnson who was very successful Lamar in his Miller first season well. with he Lamar Miller. Like the team has consistently had talent. This is probably the most, and I'm not saying this to be disrespectful, the the lesser talented team we've seen from Houston 
in a very long time. I mean, oh, since oh, it is, it is it, maybe even since when what? they had uh, your boy Ryan Fitzpatrick back there. I mean, they still had talent, right? And for them to go out there and drop 37, 37 I, without any of those guys that always, we just named, without any of those guys, the issue has always been for Houston. They've been vanilla and stagnant. They ran this very Todd Gurley called Jeff Fisher. And that's the last thing I'm going to say. That very bad year Todd Gurley had in his second year, he said, yeah, I'm tired of running a middle school offense. Hmm. Now, mind you, the year before that, Todd Gurley ripped the league. Got Jeff Fisher that second year. I'm tired of running a middle school offense. Middle school. Seventh and eighth grade. B team, I'm tired of running the middle school. That's what Houston has seen in large amounts. We we may see some creativeness in one game here, or, but in large amounts, it's been vanilla predictable. And the two biggest plays in my eyes that I saw that made the difference was that three tight end set. Um what was that? That three tight end set with six minutes and 15 seconds left in that third quarter. First, I mean, it was third and one, and it looks like they're going to run heavy on that right side. Play action pass to Farrell Brown. Took advantage of what they've been taking advantage of the entire game. Didn't let up on that gas. gas. And I got to tell you, that Brandon Cooks play, those were the plays that make the difference for me. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Listen, with every increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain store to carry all the parts you need. Why endure that often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts you need on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You guys know you have a computer with the access of rockauto.com at home or with your phone right in your pocket. Save time and money when using rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on Texans in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Listen, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And today, I also want to tell you about a simple way to get all of the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. Who doesn't want that? And the best part, there's no annual contract, so stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more of, excuse me, you can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Betting on the Houston Texans, Dallas Cowboys, New England Patriots, New Orleans Saints, none of that has to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Best podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team, favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Best podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. And before we close out this Tuesday installment of Locked On, what was in that barbecue they ate? (laughs) 
Hey, we, we probably that's probably gotta be my next my next question. I'm gonna ask David Cully because you know a lot of people gave them hell for you know going to that barbecue and, and look they end up scoring 37 points. But before we close out this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texas, we want to give you guys some quick news surrounding your Houston Texans. Um, basically just a couple injury reports. Uh, for you guys who don't know, late in the fourth quarter, I believe it was on yesterday's on Sunday's game, as a matter of fact, um, defensive tackle Vincent Taylor went down with a very um, significant ankle injury. He was carted off the field. Aaron Wilson of Sports Talk 790 reported today that Vincent Taylor underwent ankle surgery and he will miss six to eight weeks. That's tough, man. Yeah, man. And you know why that's tough? Because they they let go of Jaleel Johnson, who had a very great preseason. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if you remember, listeners, but we did a show and we talked about him being let go. And I said, well, for one, I thought Jaleel Johnson outplayed Vincent Taylor. But at the same time, Jaleel Johnson was somebody that you could have kept around along with Vincent Taylor mm-hmm. to rotate out at that D tackle position and just in case something happens. And so I hate to be one of those I told you so because that's not my intention. But injuries in the league happen. You need somebody for the next man up. Uh, I'm excited to see what the combination of Roy Lopez and Ross Blacklock uh, and Walker would be for Houston. I think Ross Blacklock would have a, uh, a bigger role now. That news really does hurt and suck for this team. Yes, it do. And I 100% agree with everything that you said. And I was going to say as well that, you know, even though it sucks knowing that the Texans are going to lose Vincent Taylor for the majority of the season, it is great knowing that you have young guys like Ross Blacklock and Roy Lopez getting the opportunity to showcase what they can do. And speaking of Ross Blacklock and Roy Lopez, by the way, John and listeners, going back to Sunday's game, there was a play midway through the third quarter where it was Walker, Blacklock, Lopez, and it was one other player. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Jacob Martin. How they ran up the middle and pressured Trevor Lawrence. The play resulted in an incomplete pass, but if you go back and watch that play, that is one of the reasons why me and John felt that the Texans were going to win this game because, once again, a defense coached by Lovey Smith with some talent, Going up against a rookie quarterback in his very first game, that play was the prime example into why the Texans had the best chance of winning Sunday's game. But going back to the injuries in the Houston Texans, on the flip side of things, there are some good news. Anthony Miller, one of the guys that we've been very excited to see, David Cully announced on yesterday that he is expected to make his Texan debut Sunday against the Cleveland Brown. For you guys who don't know, Anthony Miller has been now for at least a month and a half now due to a slightly separated shoulder that he sustained during the Texans' preseason victory against the Green Bay Packers. John, I don't know about you, but I love that 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 move, loving the fact that he's coming back. And not only that, I'm I'm going back to Tim Kelly. I'm actually excited to see how much better this offense can actually get when you add in the talent yeah, like get another weapon back. Um, but I, I definitely know that he does things that Danny and Mandola can't do. And that's fair to say, right? They're two different style of athletes. But overall, it does it brings depth to your wide receiver group. Above all, it brings that depth that you need, and it gives you another playmaker at that slot position who can line up in the outside depending on uh, whatever formation they're running. 
So I'm happy that he's back as well. I want to go back to Ross Blacklock. He had a 77.3 PFF grade on Sunday. So, you know, didn't get the sacks that he wanted, but he was able to bring strong contribution for the Houston Texans. I'm John, some sports guy. Hickman. You guys see it. Follow some sports guy on Twitter. We're dealing with some issues with our Twitter page. So if you're trying to find us on Twitter at the Locked On Texans Twitter page, it's currently suspended. No, Cody and I didn't go off on anybody. We didn't make any, you know, <laughs> remarks. It's a it's, weird thing. It's a few of us in our in, in, in the network right now mm-hmm. that's dealing with that with their uh, team Twitter pages. So follow us on Twitter at some sports guy. Like us on Facebook. But above all, go to YouTube. Subscribe, like, and comment. Subscribe, like, and comment at Locked On Texans on YouTube. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. What was in that barbecue? You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.